What's going on? Everybody, you've got the cardboard coach here with your boy, Coach Co. And team, today we got a very special guest on the podcast here today. We've got Tommy, aka the card carver. How are you doing today, man? I'm doing good, man. I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me on. I'm happy to have you. So we met finally in person at the Culture Collision Show in Atlanta this past weekend. Depends on when you listen to this. Um, and you were set up at a booth. You were giving out these awesome freaking cards. I'm going to showcase. If you guys are just listening on Spotify, you won't be able to see this. Maybe check this out on YouTube. But it's uh, it's a card. Bart Simpson says Air Wemby. And at the back, it's uh, it's got Culture Collision on it. 2024 and uh it's just cards nostalgia worldwide i love it uh you know if you've been tuning into this channel for a while i love card art and i try to showcase as many artists as possible and uh, i mean you're definitely up there brother i appreciate it man um i've been doing it for i think this is year three so um i feel like a lot of things like the years are starting to show you yeah. know it's been three years of, um, you know, not just making the art, but showing up at shows and meeting people like yourself, making connections. Um, there's definitely a lot of trial and error, as I'm sure you know, when it comes to connections that you make. Not everything is going to work out. Um, you get to know people better and you figure it out as you go. And I'm really happy with the position that I put myself in, you know, right now. I love that. Talk to me a little bit about how you got started creating card art. Like three years ago, it's 2021. Yep. And, you know, there's a pandemic going on. What what overcomes you to start creating card art? So it was kind of, and this is the same story for a good number of card artists. And the amount of card artists there are now from what there was then is drastically larger right yeah. so i felt when i first started at that point in 2021 you could probably there's maybe like 20 to 30 of us it was like a, a tight knit community going on i've been observing some guys like card killer uh donnie b mm -hmm. and, uh kev's cards i think some others you know in the very beginning i observed for a long time and my oldest son was into collecting he bought like a ten dollar box of 90 don russ or something like that we ripped all the cards and then we had this big pile of cards on the table and i've been watching these guys do this and felt like i could do it and i was like well let's give this a shot and that's really how it started i started cutting up those cards from that pile did a few of them sold a few of them you know on in like facebook groups and maybe on instagram and i just kept plugging along i love that how did you come up with your specific style? Like, you know, like what, where, how does it speak to you? Where does it come from? I love that question. Um, Cause I do take a lot of pride in my personal style. For me, it's just very natural. I, I like to say I am nostalgia. Um, the cards that I really like to make and I typically just make what I like and then put it up for sale. Mm -hmm. um, I occasionally do commissions, but I'd rather just do what I feel. And I think that shows in my work, um, especially like the pop art mashups, as I like to call them, that have, um, you know, like a lot of different images. And I basically, the 
whole point of it and what I'm trying to achieve is just by making kind of a time capsule, this nostalgic time capsule. Each time you look at it, you might see something that reminds you of playing video games with your friends in a sleepover. It might remind you of what, sitting on the couch watching the, the games with your dad, you know, going to the card shop, reading comic books, all these different things that can kind of pull you back to a certain point in time, you know. So it's very nostalgia driven. It's funny you mentioned that. I just got off a call with a friend of mine and, you know, he asked me if you could summarize collectible space, you know, how would you go about doing that? And I, I the, the one word that just kept coming to mind is nostalgia. And, yeah. you know, one of the reasons why so many different areas of the hobby popped off during the pandemic, you know, yeah, we have tons, tons of time to just kind of sit and do nothing, but you find that a lot of people gravitated towards nostalgia and whether that was like collecting old transformers or it was like knitting and you know, like baking, like, cause all these things kind of reminded us of like simpler times, maybe a moment with your mother or your aunt or your brother or your dad or your, you know what I mean? Like, and you know, so it's interesting that you mentioned that you want these to be time capsules because I think that, that that's a wonderful representation of where we're at and it's a nice little marker you know at every step along the way and I'm sure that if you were going to go back and look at some of the stuff that you made in 2021 early 2021 you know mid 2022 late 2023 even it it feels like so long ago I, I don't even remember December man like yeah, so much stuff happens in everyday life, right? Like it's it's just kind of crazy. And if you don't stop and and sit in it and at the very least find a way to create that marker, like it's just it it's just all gone after a while. Yeah, a hundred percent. So yeah, and um, you know, having all those different images can really pull you back to different things. And that's why I like those so much, you know, especially and I really like to work in like little pieces like really tiny details that you aren't going to notice the first, maybe even a couple times you look at the card. And then there's this like aha type of moment where you're like, Oh, Daffy duck is hiding behind that leg back there. When I turn the card at just the right angle, the only way I can see it, you know? So like little Easter eggs almost really. I, yeah. I love, I love that type of stuff. I love that stuff, man. That's crazy. That's like uh it's like kind of world where's Waldo type, you know, like it's like a like a surprise. It's more like it's like one of those movies where you watch it the first time and you don't quite like you watch it through and through and you're like, oh, that's pretty good. And then you watch it a second time. You're like, oh, I completely missed that. That like random, not random, but like that piece of dialogue that really added to this moment or or I didn't even see that thing in the background that really kind of changed my perception of this whole this whole setting. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. That's awesome. It's like card inception. <laughs> yeah <laughs> and you know the best part is is um if i can avoid it which i can most of the time unless i get a commission request from somebody where like i you know i really want this image uh, from this movie of this character they just don't have a trading card for it you know at that point i'm forced into finding an image and printing it out but you know 95 percent of the cards i make are 100 percent trading cards that i'm using like all the images are coming from vintage trading cards you know and which is easy for the 80s and 90s stuff which is my jam anyway because yeah. back then they were making a trading card for pretty much every single show or movie 
that was popular. So it's easy to do, you know. I think one thing that's really genuine about you is the fact that even if you hear, if you listen to the way that you talk about like commissioned, like pieces, it just, it just sounds like it's not you. You know what I mean? Like, and, and, and I actually really appreciate that. You know what I mean? Like, because yeah. it means that the art that you create is, is art that comes from like the soul. It's like, that's the stuff that you're really passionate about. That's the stuff that really fuels you. I mean, obviously you have to do commissions and you'll, you'll, you know, put in the work for them and they'll come out great. And, but that stuff just doesn't give you the same life that just doing whatever speaks to you does. And I actually really admire that. I appreciate it. Um, I mean, it's something that I really, like I said, I take a lot of pride in my work. I take my time with it. I do take a long time to, to build the cards. You know, sometimes I spend more time even just looking through what I have for inventory um, and just finding the right images. And once I pull all those cards, like if I'm going to do, I've got a Hulk Hogan I made recently that has like a, probably somewhere like eight to 10 different images mashed up into it. So I got to find all those different cards I'm going to mix up to start with and then i lay them out on the table with the card that i'm actually like remaking and i might just look at them moving them around playing around with them for like an hour sometimes just even trying to figure out which ones are even going to play with what i'm trying to achieve you know uh, i try to like you try to lean towards like color matching type of things are yeah. attractive to the eye and stuff so there's a lot of things that look for but before i even start really cutting and making the card i might have an hour of just looking at stuff, trying to make sure, make sure that it's going to flow the right way. So interesting. You know? What does your process look like when you get stuck? When I get stuck, um, it looks like me getting up and down a lot, going up and down stairs, like going to bind different binders and different boxes, um, trying to pull more stuff. I will work on cards. People ask me how long a certain card took me to make and a lot of times I can't say because the way I work I might sit down for a couple hours on like a Monday night when I have the time mm -hmm. and whatever I achieve or finish in that time if it's not done I might not get back to it until that weekend or maybe even the following week sometimes um, so it's all bits and pieces here and there so that type of stuff it's hard to say but yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, it kind of adds to the, the same narrative where like, that's why a commission piece would probably be a little difficult for you. Right. Because like you kind of let stuff come to you and, and obviously, obviously, you know, you have a life as well and you're not, you're not like when it comes to artists, you kind of have to kind of work at your own pace. Right. You kind of, you can't really force creativity. A hundred percent. And that's why like sometimes, I mean, I've had cards that took me months to do. You know, where I'm just working, like you're saying, I'm working at my own pace on something I want to create. And if I do run into a block and I pulled a bunch of cards and I'm looking at this stuff, I'm like, this isn't really speaking to me right now. I'll put it away and I might pick up, wait until the next time I visit my buddy's sh shop, my LCS, and get a bunch more non-sports stuff and kind of start from scratch a little bit, you know? Yeah. I can see that being a little disheartening too, though. If, like if you really want to put something out and you just don't have the opportunity to because you, you just can't get that that spark going, you know? Yeah, for sure. It can it can be disheartening at times, but you, you have to learn to work with it. Um, I recently have kind of found like a good workflow yeah. for myself. Like I'm actually like 
caught in it right now. It's just like, it's a river and it's, I know that I need to keep it going and I know I can, and I'm going to, it's kind of the first time I've really been in that flow. It's going to be more difficult going into summertime because I'm going to have all all three kids doing sports, but uh, I have to keep it going because right now I've been building up this wave and it's like this big wave has been building and building and it's not done building yet, you know? So I'm just trying to ride that wave as long as I can and, you know, just make as much happen as I can. And right now I can see it. Like it's all, it's all building up to the point that I've been trying to get to right now. And it's great. This man is out here doing this with three kids. I love that. Do you know that man? That's like, you know, people don't understand that, that like the, the work that goes in behind the scenes and, and like to your point earlier, like you still have a life and there's so many things you have to take care of responsibilities and, and you're still putting time and energy into something you're passionate about as a business for you, you know, like, so I, I kudos to you. I appreciate it. Um, I think there's a lot of artists out there that maybe are just, I think there's a lot of them that just don't realize maybe a little naive. Uh, they think that, you know, just creating great art and posting it on Instagram and tagging tops or whatever company is going to get them that, that dream situation that they're, hoping for and it takes so much more than that you know um it's constantly trying to get meetings if you can get the meetings it's actually conducting yourself in those meetings like accordingly yeah. and getting things done knowing how to talk to people um it's also you know, packing your bag and taking trips the best decision that i ever made in all of this was packing my bag up taking a chance and flying to atlantic city for the national a couple of years ago it was my first big show, my first show out of out of state. Um, and the amount of networking I did, you can't put a monetary value on it because I'm still like to this day building on relationships and doing things off of what happened two years ago at the national. Like I wouldn't be here right today in the different positions I'm in without having done that. You know? Yeah, it's funny you mentioned that because I feel the exact <laughs> same way. Like we were locked down for a like two two years in a bit and so like the first opportunity i could get out i think i went to the mint last year and uh, uh it was like just complete game changer like the the to your point the people that i met the relationships that i built the experience itself like all of that i would spend that i'd spend triple that to 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 get what i got do you know what i mean like if you were to tell me like hey you're gonna end up with all this stuff so I think it's important to note, like for anyone who's watching this or listening, it doesn't have to be card related, but like, if you're going to do something, you have to take that leap. Like there's, there becomes a moment, like, and I guess my next question to you is like, when did you decide and how did you decide that, 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 that national, that that was the, you're, you were going to pick that spot? Um, to me, like I still view it as this and that's that it's the Super Bowl of what we do. You know, um, I think that that's most people's perception. I'm not sure what else would really top it. I, yeah. Maybe there's something that comes close. I haven't been to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was just at a point where, you know, I'm selling cards. It is a competitive space and um, there's a lot of other guys doing it. What am I going to do right now at this point to set myself apart? You know, and going to the national and hitting the floor with a case full of cards and meeting as many people as I could was was the move. And um, I mean, it's paid dividends. And to your point, you can apply this to anything in life. If you want something, 
you have to take that chance. You have to just go out and get it. You know, the worst thing that's going to happen is it doesn't work out, but at least you try and you know, you know, I love that. What do you, you know, what do you tell yourself in moments like that where you're, you know, like a little nervous about what could happen and, and like, yeah, you have to try, but I mean, there's definitely moments where you're like, I don't, we talk ourselves out of things, right? Constantly. We're like, oh, maybe this is not the one, or this isn't gonna, like, this is maybe too financially straining, or I don't know how I'm going to make it work. Or like, what is like, what is the, the dialogue in your brain for something? I have this voice that tells me, just do it. Just do it. It'll work itself out. And if it doesn't, you'll, you'll figure it out either regardless of what happens, it'll all play out and you'll figure it out. Um, and I do get nervous. I get nervous as shit. And I do take financial risks um, sometimes, you know, but that's what you have to do if you want to succeed in anything really. Yeah. Well, I mean, even like, for instance, the culture collision, right? Like you were handing cards out that you personally made and you took time and energy and supplies and all. And I mean, realistically speaking the worst case scenario is you give all of them out you spent all this time and energy and you've flown to atlanta and you've put all this time i said that time already but um yeah. and, and and nobody either people take them and they throw them in the garbage or you know what i mean like i'm talking about like the worst case scenario right and there's no callbacks there's no relationship building i i, I mean that's that's terrifying for the average person right so i i think it's also important to note that how often does the, the worst case scenario come to fruition? You know, like never. I haven't, I haven't really seen it yet. Man. Right? right? There's, there's, I am a strong believer in that there is a lot to be said about having that confidence and speaking things into existence, putting them in the air. And like, there are times for sure, like I said, where I'm taking chances, but like you said, the, the, the worst thing that can happen is that worst case scenario. And I've never seen it happen. I figure things out. I, I put a lot of faith in just like figuring it out, you know? And it's like, once you figure one thing out, it makes you more likely to figure the next thing out and then the next thing out and then the next thing out. Right. Because you're like, you have something to lean on. You're like, you, you know, to your point, like building that wave. It's like a lot of that wave has to do with, that instant gratification that comes from like you doing what you said you were going to do. Right. And then, and then overcoming something and then like, boom, I did that. So I can do this again and I can do this again and I can just keep replicating this just a little bit better or a little bit, you know, uh, larger or whatever, like bigger scale, whatever the case may be. And then all of a sudden you build that wave that you're talking about. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, even if you do lose, there's, there's always something to gain even in a loss because now I've gained the experience of trying to do whatever it was and maybe it didn't work out, but now I have an angle and a different view so that if it's something that I I'm really passionate about and really want to still make happen, I know how to attack from a different angle now. Yeah. You know? so Cause I've, I've, now I've seen, now I've seen the field and, and I have a better idea of how to win. You know, I love that. Talk to me about the wave you're on right now. Everyone wants to hear it, man. Um, dude, it, it, like I said, it all, it just comes off of showing up knowing how to meet people. I've met a lot of good people. I've made relationships that have been great. Some of them not so great. And 
you you move on through that. And I'm at a point now where, you know, I'm going to Atlanta for Maine. Um, I was actually a guest for the, for culture collision. Um, the, the cards for me weren't that I was handing out, weren't like a financial liability. Um, I designed those for culture collision. They were the official giveaway. Uh, and also about those cards. This is all part of the wave building relationships with the different grading companies. Beckett now authenticates my autograph, which is huge because I'm the only card artist that cuts cards and makes them the way that I do that has that happening for them. Yeah. Uh, and I now have CGC authenticating my cards also. And that card that you have from culture collision, all three of them, CGC will actually grade those cards wow. as if it was pulled out of a pack and it's going to be time stamped, you know, talking about like time capsules and such, you know, as a way to remember that card show, you know, and like for kids, I had a dad that came up to my table with his two sons. He bought three, of the cards and he went straight to CGC to get them slabbed. And it's going to say the title of the card, each, each of the three cards as an individual name. So it'll say title air Wemby, for example, and then underneath it, 2024 culture collision and the card carver, um, you know, so to really make it a collectible item from the show, I can't wait to see those starting to hit the wild because I think that's going to add like, it obviously adds a level of collectability when people start flexing their tens. Right. Yeah, and there's, of there's not, there's not going to be a ton of those because like one of the cards in particular, they came in fine, but they weren't packed great. So they shook a little bit. So some of the corners were like clearly white a little bit on them. Yeah. So like getting those tens is going to be hard. So it's going to be fun to start seeing those hit the wild. It's, so the wave is all built on all these little things that I'm putting together. I'm, talking to cards and coffee about their shop in New York and doing a bunch of art in there right now I'm planning um, activations for the VIP room at the national with Ludex um, talking about doing some type of card art workshop with kids and stuff there. Um, I I'm doing these dual sign cards right now. I need to get some more artists involved, but I've got cards where I took a card from Lauren Taylor Chuck Styles, Andy Friedman, Yvonne Beslik um, from B Brothers and the Croatian Twins, um, Marley McFly. And the idea is I take a card from each of these artists. I do what I do with it, make a custom, an art card, and then I sign the back. And then I have the artists sign it as well. And then they're being slabbed by Beckett. So I just sent like eight of them to Beckett to get wow. slabbed. And I'm going to present them all at the national. It's the first I that I know of where there's a collection being built like this. That's dual authenticated signatures from both artists. I've never heard of something like that. So, I mean, it's, that's incredibly unique. I love that. Yeah, I appreciate it. So the plan is to, you know, kind of unveil all these cards. I, I hope to have 20 of them with like 20 different artists and I'm going to unveil them at the national as part of the VIP room or maybe some other type of event that will be happening there. So um, yeah, man, just a lot of planning. I also have a two day show that I do here in Maine, the Maine collector convention in Augusta, Maine. That's uh, late June this year. And we're starting to plan that we have Jose Canseco is our big wow. autograph guest that we're really excited about. Cause you don't see really see names like that in Maine. Yeah. Uh, which is, you know, creating experiences like doing trade nights and throwing shows is also something that I love to do and that I'm heavily involved in. 
So, um, yeah, man. How does it feel to have like everything kind of come full circle, man? And like having your, your autograph authenticated and like, I mean, that's such a special moment. And even like cards you've created being slabbed. Um, it's a total trip. It really is. <laughs> like, <laughs> to be honest yeah. with you, it's super humbling. You know, like those moments, people asking you for your signature, uh, knowing that companies, you know, want to work with me and, you know, willing to do these things for me and stuff. Um, I mean, like 10 year old me that was collecting cards never would have imagined, you know, yeah. in a million years. So yeah, it's, it, it's a total trip. It's awesome. I love it. Let's go back to 10 year old you. Like, how does this, how does all this start? How does the collecting journey start? Does it start with sports cards? Does it start with something else? I believe it started with sports cards. Um, my mom and my grandmother were both collectors. My mom collected presidential pins. I love that. Uh, my my grandmother collected cut glass which is like you know back like long time ago all the like vases and stuff like that plates and things that had these ornate you know patterns on them were actually cut by hand wow and she collected that stuff and they would bring me to antique stores on the weekends and i enjoyed seeing that type of stuff that's kind of like my first introduction introduction to collectibles in general um, but my great uncle played major league baseball. So my first memory of sports cards is uh, his stuff. Wow. <laughs> I actually have his 57 Red Sox road Jersey here. That is incredible. And um, he's wearing his 57 on his 57 tops card. I don't know how well we can see it here. Yeah, he's actually pretty good right there. He's wearing his road Jersey. Wow. So this, that's likely the car, the jersey on this card. Uh, is that that's a gamer back at like behind you? The jersey, yeah, yeah. dude. So, so I've been looking, yeah, man. So I've been what? looking, for, I've been looking for one of his game used bats for almost ten years now. Never found a bat, and you'd think that there would be one because how many bats do they go through? Yeah, had this guy on Facebook reach out to me because I'm I'm in a lot of groups, a lot of different like every group I can find. I'm like, hey. I'm looking for a Billy Klaus game use bat or anything cool to do with his career. Right. Yeah. And this guy messages me from Pennsylvania and he says, Hey, I don't have your uncle's bat, but I have his Jersey. I'm like, I'm like, excuse me. <laughs> and we talked for like a couple months. Cause I've never made a purchase like this. And it wasn't an insane purchase. I yeah. paid right just under a K for it. It's his, it's his original 1957 game worn Red Sox flannel Jersey. How did he get, how did that guy get it? <laughs> Turns out his, his uncle owns a, an estate auction business. And through that auction, through some type of auction, somebody had this Jersey. I don't know the full more to it than that, but that's how he came into it. That's and so he said cool. he had no plans to sell it, but he, you know, saw my story and knew that it was much more valuable to me than anybody else. He just liked, he just liked it because it was cool yeah. Dude, it's from 1957. Of course, yeah. you know like that's that's so wild. And I mean, yeah. it's just to him for not like gouging, right? Like it's like, yeah. And that's one of the reasons why the, the space is like also wonderful. Because like I find that if you if you if you meet the right people and you happen to I don't know share some some tidbits of your own personal life and you kind of fall into the right places. You know what I mean? Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah, I've, I've had a number of things gifted to me through, I call it the Billy Klaus collection. Um, and it really is so much more than just 
cards and I collect baseballs. I collect clippings from old newspapers. I collect type one photos, which like when I started buying those, I didn't even know that they were called that. They're, to me, they were just cool. They're photographs of my uncle. Um, some of them obviously like very rare. Um, you know, like I have got him. Wow. This is him with, with Ted Williams when in their playing days. Dude, this is a wild um, collection. This is a uh, game letter. A letterhead from the yeah. Toledo Sox um, minor league team. So it's a team letterhead from the 1953 Toledo Sox minor league team. And it's signed by the entire team. You know, so like literally anything I can get my hands on. I have an original uh, pen and pencil drawing that was done for the Dallas Sun Journal in 1950 when he played for the Dallas Eagles minor league team. Um I've yet to find a copy of the newspaper yet. That's like yeah. a, a yeah. little side mission, you know? So like these little things pop up. Like I, I find this crazy scarce original artwork and now, now I need to find the actual <laughs> paper, right? Yeah. 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 Something like that all these a little bit more mass produced, right? Yeah. You're like, you can't little, find it anywhere. Yeah. So there's like all these little side quests that, that pop up. But like, isn't that collecting, you know, especially, and I think that, I think that that's kind of what we lost in 2020 and 2021. So much of it was about money. And I really think that you're starting to see more and more of this like deeply rooted, just treasure hunts of like, yeah. you find something you like, and now you're on a mission to find other things that make you feel that way. Uh, I know for me, like, I've always loved jerseys, but I've been on an absolute rampage lately. It doesn't need to be a gamer, but it needs to be like a jersey that like really means something that like that player on that team, like means something to me. Do you know, there was like a, a point in time where I'm like, ah, like that, it hits me in my feels where I, I remember seeing this guy play on this team. And that's why I want this jersey also because gamers are way too expensive. Yeah. <laughs> I am with all of my collecting, like what you were talking about right there. If it doesn't move me, do I really need it? And I have to talk myself out of things from time to time. I can just like take a step back and be like, like this car is like dazzling and like it, it caught my eye and it's cool, but take a second, Tom. Like, does it actually, does this move, move you? Or is it going to end up in a box and like however many months you're going to be like, uh, let's get rid of it. I don't want stuff like that that I'm going to end up wanting to just get rid of. It's like a temporary thrill. I'm looking to add things that I know are going to make me happy for a very long time. Yeah, and I mean, look at the collectibles you've acquired, dude. Just like they're all hung, you know. Like this is like, you have that's you and behind you. All that stuff is just contributed to kind of where, like, how where you are on a regular basis. Yeah, a hundred percent. I take I take a a great deal of pride in how I collect. Just same way that I, you know, make my art and everything. Like I, I really curate everything and, and take my time with it and make sure I do it right. You know, like I could have thrown this jersey in a friggin' Hobby Lobby yeah. case. Yeah. And like, no, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I, love, I love that. I love that. You're so like particular. It's perfect, though, man. That's exactly how you, I mean, that's how collectors are, right? Like, that's how yeah. they, should, like, collecting should be like that deeply rooted, like, no, 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 this needs to be right here and it can't have a scratch here or whatever the case may be. Everyone has their own little, they're like, uh, they're little quirks, right? Yeah. And, you know, I never thought about it till like just this moment, I don't think kind of like made the connection, but 
And the same way with the way I make my cards and the way that I collect this stuff, you know, I'm really trying to preserve moments and time. So like, especially with my great uncle, we're going on now when he first started playing, it's not going to be that much longer. When my kids inherit this stuff, it'll be a hundred, it's all going to be like a hundred years old, you know? So I am researching and trying to find stories and photos and everything to do with his career now, because it's only a matter of time before it's all just kind of lost. Yeah. You know, people, people forget about it. So I'm trying to catalog all of it now, trying to capture those moments before they're gone. And in a way, I guess I'm kind of trying to do the same thing with the art that I create. Dude, a hundred years is a long time. He started, he actually, so right out of high school, he got drafted, started playing in 1947. He was just a kid. He was 17 years old, I think, 16 or 17. And he didn't make the minors until 55. Wow. And in the, there was a period in the winter where he was going to Puerto Rico and playing winter ball. He was on a team with uh, Willie Mays and Jackie Robinson in Puerto Rico. Um, that is like, incredible. Yeah. And then he played from 55 to 63 in the majors. He retired from the bigs. He went to Japan for almost a full season, wanted out and walked into the manager's office and slammed a glass on the table. The glass shattered. He somehow didn't cut his hand, but they let him out of the contract. He came home and was a minor league manager for like at least three or four more years where he also would, would take an at bat once in a while. Like the guy was, <laughs> the guy was a lifer, you know? I love that, man. And I love the, 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 the fact that you're able to, to share those stories. Yeah. It's incredible the, the, to have that connection with the game. I've always realized and appreciated it uh, even as like a kid. Cause I would, you know, he would come and visit from time to time. And my best friend lived next door to my grandma in Illinois. And like when my uncle was coming, I'd let him know and he would have some cards ready to have him sign them, you know? So I realized right away that it was something special to, to have going on. I absolutely love that. And I love your story, brother. I want other people to get more exposure to you. So what I want you to do right now is plug the living crap out of all your stuff, your socials, your whatever, whatever you need to do, man. The floor is yours. All right. I appreciate it. So, I mean, you can find me on all, all socials at the card carver. It's really simple. The card carver everywhere, TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Um, I have a website, thecardcarver.com. And you're going to find me at the national this summer, a hundred percent. Keep your eye out on news for the VIP room and other, you know, things going on around the national because I'm going to be everywhere. Um, I'm going to be a culture collision again in September. We have the main collector convention coming in June here in Maine. Um, and I'm sure I'll be popping up at some other stuff too. So keep an eye on my socials to see what I have going on because there's going to be plenty going on. I should be in New York city at least a couple times this year. So, you know, find me, come and say that. hi. I love that. Tommy, man, I just honestly want to thank you for jumping on here because uh, I learned so much about your heritage and your collecting, and I'm sure everyone else did as well. And hopefully reignited something that, you know, could be, could have been lost for some people or maybe evaluate why they collect what they collect, or maybe they just, they got to stick around for a great story. So I really appreciate you jumping on here, Jen. Yeah. Likewise. Anytime, man. I appreciate, appreciate it. it. Appreciate you team. Do not forget to check out card Carver across all platforms for now hope you enjoyed this week's episode of the cardboard coach hope you have a wonderful rest of the day coach co and the card carver are out of here
Peace.